Butas Network. Hi, this is Devin Tribe from the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. In this episode, the hosts interview Caleb and Kat from CK Studios, and then it's the triumphant return of Romeo from Battle Foam. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of 40K Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me, as usual, is Ashley. Hey guys. And JF. Hello, gang. And today we'll be joined by Caleb and Kat of CK Studios. They're going to tell us about some of their uh, upcoming classes. They've added some more people to their roster of, of instructors and also a announcement about a product they have coming out soon. And then we have a very special guest. Romeo from Battlefoam is going to come on to talk with me about what he's been doing lately. And also we're going to talk about the Black Friday sale coming up this week. But as always, we like to tell you what we've been doing hobby-wise. And I don't remember who I started with last time, so we're going to go with Ashley. Oh, no. I think it was, it was me last Ashley. time, too. It was. <laughs> I remember. I always feel like I'm on the spot here. Um, I've been painting Kill Team stuff. Okay. But, not for, but, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, John, Finn. What have, you been, what have you been working on? Who, me? No, uh, Ashley. 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 Oh. Yeah, well, she said Kill Team stuff. I mean, that, yeah, Kill that's... Team stuff, yeah. But Finn. what? What? Oh, um, some Rogue Traders. Oh, nice. Are you... Are you... Uh, no, they're actually not for me. Oh, these um, are the ones somebody you're else, for your Somebody else was a sucker and bought them, and I'm painting them. And Because um, <laughs> apparently I don't paint anything for myself anymore. I just paint for other people now, which is fine. Um, it means I get to paint stuff I wouldn't necessarily paint for myself, but it also means I probably have to buy some Rogue Traders now because I really like the models. Yeah. And Dang. who doesn't need more kill teams? You know, I, I did commission work once um, probably 17 years ago. And after I did it, I was like, all that time I spent painting, I could have been painting my own stuff. That's kind of where I go with it. And it's, I mean, it's fun, but not that fun. Well, but see, then I again... oscillate between projects. So I'm like, I'll work on this thing for myself, and then I have like other things I can work on. Mm. Plus money to buy more stuff is nice. That's true. Like commissions so... like single-handedly have financed most of my indefinite contracts. Wow, okay. Well, yeah. No one pays me that much. Oh, I do a lot. I do. I do a lot of them. I mean, well, I, you know. Plus, you know, you have like the occasional friend who's like, "Here, do this entire army." Um, or like, and then you know, once you've been doing it long enough, then you have like people who are like, "Hey, wait, didn't you paint that thing for this person who's an acquaintance of ours? Can you paint this thing for me?" And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, I have to turn stuff down, which is a good problem to have. Um, but you know, someday I'll paint something for me again too. Sounds like you're going to be quitting someday. your uh, your day job soon to be right. able to uh, to do this full time. Actually, oh, I would I would have to paint so much more stuff in order to quit my day job. You got to put that tag on there though. I only sort of like, and you know, as soon as busy season starts rolling around, the temptation to quit and become a full time painter becomes even stronger, because who wants to work sixty hours a week? You know, doing taxes and stuff when you could work 80 hours a week painting miniatures in your pajamas. You, gotta you put do? We can yeah, I easily, do. We can easily double your business, right? You just have to put Ashley Studios featuring Ashley from 40K Radio. 
Oh, for goodness sake. It's true. It's true. That's, that's, good. that's good marketing there, Matt. The orders <laughs> pour in. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, get in line, guys. <laughs> ticket, ticket. Make it happen. <laughs> Have you been able to play any games? All, yeah, I played. Um, I played some Kill Team. Um, right after we recorded the last time, actually, um, with my Mechanicum from the box set. And Welcome to the Omnisaya. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, they're great, and I'm buying more. That's the bottom line. <laughs> See the, the yes. GW's plan is working. Yes. No. This is first of all. This was invented. This whole scheme was planned. Exactly for me and people like me <laughs> to get us to buy a couple of new boxes of things and then go, oh, my God, why are these so great? And, you know, by this time next year, I'll have a kill team for basically every army. And those will it's a good cool plan. Ones. Awesome. But that's me. That's what I've been up to. Well, glad to hear you get to play a game. Oh, uh, yeah. A couple games, actually. I, um, I've been digging it. And um, I've got a friend who is 40K Curious. And hopefully this weekend uh, we're going to do some kill team. Nice. And uh, so I may be suckering someone new into the ranks. <laughs> Excellent. We need, we need more people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm very excited. I can never have enough friends who play. <laughs> Jeff, how about you? I've been assembling things like a madman. Now that the Orc Codex is out, I have a lot of my questions answered as to what I'll be doing for uh, for Adepticon. And it's it's Orc adjacent, I like <laughs> to think. So there's there's some orkiness to it. But now that I know how to do my orkiness and the models are available, I am jumping in full time and creating fairly insane contraptions. Um, best thing about orcs is that, I mean, when uh, when all you have is a hammer, everything becomes a nail, and uh, when you have uh, when you have an orc project, everything becomes a conversion. So I've been just pulling models apart and reassembling them in Frankenstein uh, fashion, and it's been great. The plastic card is everywhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't go into too much details because this is all secret, secret projects for Adepticon, so... Ooh. Sorry. Can we I, know? Well, I'll, I mean, I'll tell you guys. The, the problem is, like, it's not that big a deal. It's just my, my, my teammates don't want me to, like, spill the beans too much. Like, I they, guess they, that's they fair. like to keep a surprise. I yeah, you don't, don't want you don't want to tip off the competition, right? Yeah, yeah. The worst thing is that the most of the quote unquote competition are they're, they're friends or people we know and they know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked. I mean, I order my malls from one of them, so. <laughs> Oh, Jeff, I wonder, what if you, what are you doing with all these models that you just ordered? <laughs> that, yeah, how, what are you doing for Adepticon? Is it orcs? You should <laughs> you should also buy, like, models that you are not intending to use to throw off the scent. I, I'm going to buy right, red, red herring models. Yeah, red herring models. Because <laughs> I'm made of money, Ashley. I'm I mean, so rich. Obviously, that's why we do this. It's because we have nothing to do with our time other than spend all of our money on models. Right. I'm so rich. Yes. Rich in, rich like in spirit. I'm, I'm rich and white like a cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nothing. You heard him. 
Um, no, so yeah, it's been a lot of orcs and other things that I don't want to disclose quite yet. I mean, once I have some models to show off, maybe I'll, like, I'll put them on, on our Facebook page just as teasers uh, after I get approval from the rest of my team. Um, but yeah, no, I've, and I've, I've been having a lot of fun because I've, in the past few months, I've been in a, an editing hell for books and it, it's, it's taken a lot out of me morally and, uh, spiritually and uh, being able to sit down and just assemble a bunch of crazy dumb things for the hobby has been very therapeutic. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be back into it. I'm looking forward to doing some games probably sometime this month too. Very, very keen on getting back into the hobby more hardcore. Excellent. How about you, Matt? Well, I'm sort of in the same boat as JF with that Orc Codex that came out. I've been... uh, (laughs) So good. Assembling some stuff. Um, Am I the only one who's not Orc curious here? Yeah, you're weird. You'll come around. (laughs) (laughs) But um, unfortunately, my local hobby store that has Plasticard was out of a lot of their stuff. So I am anxiously waiting the arrival of Plasticard so I can start working on my pirate-themed stuff for orcs. Oh, yes. We did talk about that before. Can, can Can I just make a suggestion? Games Workshop, if you're listening, and I know you do... um, (laughs) You need to put out a new. This is this is my proposal for a uh, for a, a new orc model. It doesn't need to have rules or anything because, really, you can just just package some plastic card available at your store. Call it orc gubbins or something yeah, like something that, like that, and make it easier on us to get proper plastic card. And maybe throw in like some other gimmicks and doodads. Like, just make it like a variety pack of conversion materials for us advanced hobbyists or medium hobbyists in my case to be able to you know go a bit more crazy with this who wants stock orcs well i mean i guess they are the least exciting of all orcs when there's so much you could do so easily mm-hmm. you can go nuts that's like um sort of like um what's the company evergreen they do plastic card and stuff, but they have, um, they call it, uh, odds and ends. And it's a bag that just has like a few of, you know, different size and shape stuff in there. Yeah, exactly. Games Workshop. How long do you want Evergreen to continue stealing your money? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm waiting for my plastic card to show up so I can really get into it. But I've, uh, I've been enjoying actually getting the models and, and going to put them together and seeing how like, Characterful they are, um, the orc models like the um, like I was putting together a mech gun, and there's a little grot that has binoculars. What? Yeah, like he's actually he he's looking at them. He's like the I guess the sight for the for the gunner. Other than that, a little bit of kill team, um, you know, still running that local league, uh, and we have the uh, 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 Shade Spire tournament coming up in uh, about a month so i'm looking forward to that that'll be fun i have a friend in uh in boston well near boston who's running a kill kill team narrative campaign and it looks rad as hell like every week she'll write down like little storyline elements for all the kill teams involved and you know to 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 update what's been going on with them it's very very cool where what uh what story is she running that out of 
She's running it out of a, a, a Battlefront Games, I believe. Okay, and... yeah, I know what it is. Oh, okay. Oh, you're you're in the area. Can't I live I live in New Hampshire, which you know it's like an hour north of Boston. Oh, you should totally go check it out. They're really cool people there, from what I'm told. I've been there, or at I've... least go there and say hi to Amy. I've been to the store before, uh, once or twice. Well, they have we, multiple we like locations. To... They're like big shots. That's fancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fancy. They sell chips. <laughs> my local uh, shop sells beer now. Ooh, wow, that's dangerous. Oh, it's the jam. <laughs> my friend has a store that actually has like a little appended restaurant. They sell poutine. It's, but they're in freaking Grand Prairie in Alberta. Like I can't just drive there. Everything's the worst. How far is that from you? A couple hours. <laughs> I I don't. A couple of days. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Okay, never mind. Yes, yes, yes. Look yes. at a map, Matt. I could have, but I decided to ask you instead. I mean, the the map just says snow in large letters. Right, right. All the maps in, here we're in America. In America. When, when you look up in Canada, it just says Canada. It doesn't really yeah. say anything. American maps. Yes. <laughs> We we make do with what we can, okay? I'm I'm just making fun a little. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. So, anyways, <laughs> onwards with the show. Yeah. Well, uh, no real news out of GW. Um, we got this Blackstone what? Fortress game coming out, but we're just getting trickles of information on that so far. Um, ah, it's cool good though. though. Lots I mean, cool from models. from what little we do know, it looks great. Yeah. I'm loving some of the models, and there's there's so many little hints about the lore in there and changes, not changes, but evolution to the lore. I'm 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 very much looking forward to it. I mean, there's a robot. We don't see robots in 40k, not from the Imperium. They have laws against that, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> and just having a new Blackstone Fortress, that's that's a huge deal if you yeah, follow, if follow you the 40k that. lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the title of the project is Warhammer Quest Blackstone Fortress. So Warhammer Quest has been uh, pretty successful, the um, the Age of Sigmar side of it. So it looks like they're finally coming over to the 40K side. Yes. But as we find out more about it, we'll let you know in future episodes. Ashley, I don't know if you saw, you saw what I posted on my Facebook page. I about... certainly did. So... Just a quick random question. Are you, by any stretch of the imagination, familiar with this this little-known British television show called Doctor Whom? I may have heard of it. I'm familiar with Thomas Baker. Ooh. Oh, actually, yeah. Ooh, no. Solid solid flex out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt is old. Yeah, Matt's old. Well, no, Matt's old school. He's not old. He's old school. Oh, no, I'm old, uh, too. I'm, he can be on, two man. figs. <laughs> Trying to help you out here. So just just the other day, um, War, uh, Games Workshop announced that they got voice actors for the uh, Warhammer was it Warhammer Adventures. They're Warhammer called? Adventures. Yeah. Yep. It was uh, what, what people derisively called Warhammer for kids, and yeah, it is Warhammer for kids. Good, we get more people to join the hobby. Suck it. Um, I'm actually pretty stoked about this, but even more so that they managed to somehow get um, two pretty well-known. They got David Tennant and Billy Piper to I'm so do excited. reading yeah, for these that. books. Now, from the point of view of an author that has audiobooks out, and 
don't get me wrong, the two people who read my books for Audible did a fantastic job. But to be able to get such, I mean, luminaries, people that are big-time celebrities to read your book, I mean, that means that just the search engine optimization for that is going to be great. The cross-promotion for that. Any other book that – when you go on Audible, you buy a book. It will tell you this um, This narrator also narrated these other books. So people that are into – that will have uh, you know, bought and, and listened to audio dramas and audio books of Doctor Who – read by David Tennant or read by Billy Piper will have this pop up on their recommendations. It's a huge get for a games workshop. It's mm-hmm. immense. Yeah. Not to mention, I mean, David Tennant, want- I mean, yeah. Oh my God. And Billy Piper. Don't like, don't be sexist. Listen, she's, she's, she's great and all, but David Tennant is David Tennant. I mean, mm. Mm. I mean, he's no Chris Eccleston, but whatever. That's actually that's actually I I I kind of with you on that I I'm I'm kind of there with you yeah he he should have had another season that'd have been good yeah well we, we can argue we can argue that in our in our spare time but uh yeah, yeah, yeah. no well, this is this is really you, cool you and so, I need to have this discussion over drinks at Zepticon <laughs> yes um no but so he's gonna be reading the the 40k one and she's gonna be doing the Age of Sigmar one um and I think I I'm really excited about it I think that. This sort of shows, I think, the seriousness with which Games Workshop is trying to take this, because mm. I'm sure that they did not come cheaply. You know, they're both incredibly well-known um, actors, and I'm sure that they threw down a lot of money to make this happen. And it's, I'm glad to see that they're taking this really seriously and trying to make it a really excellent product. And I think going with these guys is a sign of that. It. it- could very well be like I where the money comes from is kind of difficult to know because it could be the publisher themselves. It could be uh, I don't know if they're going through a specific audiobook uh, production company. And and to be honest, if I were let's say I were Audible and I had an IP of the the volume and history of of Warhammer and Warhammer Forty Thousand, I would probably try to get some good voice actors, some reputable voice actors behind it, some people with with uh, with, with, with some celebrity. Mm-hmm. It's it makes it, it it's worth it for that kind of product to really invest because it it'll pay back. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. There's not there's not a penny that they put into getting David Tennant that's not going to come back to them. Right. right. Very and true. To be to be honest, I was curious to get these books as really just a, a, something to look at and just, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm want to write a bit of YA and I want to look at what they've done, but now getting the audiobook seems a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. While we're still talking about books before we get distracted by other things, I would like to point out that on humble bundle right now, they have a Warhammer audiobook bundle that includes such things as Horus Rising, um, a couple like a like a sampler or something. Uh, War Master by John French is in there. Uh, go Trek and Felix. Um, so you can go get some super cheap, uh, interesting, um, 
blah, blah, blah. Audiobooks. Goodness, I'm forgetting about what I'm talking about as I'm talking about it. Um, You're thinking about the, uh, David Tennyson. David, uh, I, sh- maybe. Don't. <laughs> do you, yes, po- quite possibly. Quite possibly. Don't. Don't hate. Um, and uh, I'd let him read me the phone book, okay? Just, just, just let it ride. <laughs> Um, but so there's, so they have, so they have the audiobook you can get. There's, um, like a dollar tier, an eight dollar tier, and a fifteen dollar tier. And you get progressively more stuff as you go along with it. Um, and they also actually have one for games as well, um, that includes Talisman and Dawn of War. Um, mm-hmm. oh, and Space Marine, if you don't have that as well. Um, so check those out. They're good for, um, 12 or 13 more days. So those will be up when we post the show. Um, so you guys can get some cool Warhammer stuff for some really super good prices. Um, I'm going to buy the audiobooks for sure. Somebody's spending a lot of time on the train. So I'd like to have something to listen to while I do that. So did you guys, um, I know they announced David Tennant and Billy Piper, but they also have other famous people reading books for them. I don't know if you guys saw that stuff. Uh, oh, can it? I mean, I mean, if, I, if we're if we're talking about like my fantasy draft for reading forty <laughs> k things, Idris Elba is pretty high up there. I'm I'm on board with that. You and I have very <laughs> similar tastes in our British heartthrobs. You're gonna have to settle for <laughs> Catherine Tate, who's another Doctor Who person. Oh, uh, don't pretend like we don't know who that is. I just said another Doctor Who person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She actually, she's actually probably my favorite. She's, she was she was a very good companion, very underrated. She was I thought wonderfully wonderful. I really liked her. I liked her very much as Donna. If you're not a um, a Doctor Who person, she was also on The Office. Eh. Well, that's for other listeners who might not be Doctor Who people. <laughs> Jeez, the disdain. Y'all should, y'all should check her out as as Donna if you haven't though. Just saying. <laughs> and uh, and they're actually. Um, they were talking about the, the Siege of Terror, which, as we all know, is the climax of the Horus Heresy, which is going to be an eight-book series. Good lord. I'm surprised they only get eight books out of it. Right? Because, I mean, at some point they have to wrap it up, right? They can't just oh, yeah. keep doing it endlessly. Well, it's, it's been a long time. Yeah. It's like, what, 12 years? Longer? Oh, only? Longer than that. Yeah, like I mean, it's not not a short not a short span for sure. No, and I have a feeling that they also probably want to wrap it up so they can yeah. move on to new territory. Like you can only give details and tell the same to- story over and over again for so long. And since the direction seems to be to want to move the uh, the, the plot and move the setting forward, freeing up some of the authors and freeing up some of the bandwidth to be able to to you know talk about the future and the development of that story, probably not a bad idea. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's probably. I mean, it is time to. A lot of bandwidth and a lot of resources. Yeah, it's it's time to wrap it up. I mean, I'd let it go forever, you know, if we're being honest. But I understand the logistics behind it. There's so many other stories stories to tell in the. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason for them not to revisit it. Right. Right. That's the thing. Like they can close down this particular series and this means of of distributing the story do other things and once in a while when someone instead of doing it by obligation because they're sort of pigeonholed into doing it 
they can wait until one of their authors actually pitches them something or they have an event that they want to promote. Like it'll give them more freedom to do something more creative and more interesting than just following the narrative chronologically. I have, I have a feeling that even for 30K fans, it's going to be a benefit in the years to come. I'm very excited about it. I want I want to know. Yeah. I just want to know. So that that starts in May of next year. So when the first one comes up. And, and eight books is still going to take for a while, so it's, it's yeah. not like it's over yet. Yeah. And, of course, we got a, a, a little preview of um, Chapter Approved for this year. Chapter Approved 2018. Including a beta... So this is a battle codex. Oh. Yeah, they're taking a really interesting path with the Sisters of Battle with, you know, giving us this, at the end of the year, this preview codex and then looking for feedback on it. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah, I don't know how much that's actually going to, it will affect the, the finished book, but it's, it's good that they're putting it out there anyway. I have, a, I have a feeling that they're, it's going to, it's not going to affect what units go in and things like that. This is, this is stuff that's probably set in stone, but it'll allow them to adjust things like point costs and, mm-hmm. you know, the power level of certain things just to make sure that everything works out and, and fulfills the role in the, in the army that they want it to fulfill. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to be taking feedback as in, Oh yeah, we don't like this new unit. Remove it, or you right. should add a flyer. So get cracking and make that model. Like that, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be to that extent. It's going to be fine tuning and making sure that everything has the proper feel. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what um, things that they leave out of the the preview codex that show up in the final codex, because uh, I I'm sure they won't reveal all there. Super cool new stuff in Chapter Approved. I'm very excited. It's it's the first time we're seeing them do anything like that, so it's going to be very interesting to see how how they proceed. How f- will they keep anything back? What will they keep back? It's like this is all uncharted territory for us as, yeah. as fans. It's going to be fairly interesting to see what happens. And we've got um, the Corn and Slanesh stuff coming up too. Uh, Realm of Chaos, Wrath at Rapture, which is supposed to, according to the preview they, they talked about, will be across both Age of Sigmar and 40K. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of new new stuff comes out of that. Well, it's, it's been kind of their habit whenever they're doing big demon stuff to release it for both settings since yeah. you know, it's, it's very crossover. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are very excited to see Slanesh stuff. Yeah, I am one of those people. That was well, the basis of my first army. Because there was always that wonder of, like, are they just going to get rid of it? Cause it was well, that, was my, that was my fear for some time. Yeah. I mean, especially, <laughs> like, you know, we got new corn stuff. We got new Zinch stuff. We got new Nurgling, Nurg, uh, new Nurgle stuff. And then we got new corn stuff again. I was like, well, wait, you know, you missed one. And I, I love how, because there was this fear also, like, are they going to, are they releasing children's book and right. they haven't done anything with Slanesh? Are they, are they toning it down? Are they making it to like general admissions? Nope. Nope. Those, uh, those secrets definitely have eight nipples. Yeah. The boobs are back, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Rejoice. It'll be great if on the 40k side we get a new, uh, some new noise marines and. Uh, corn berserkers too. That'd be nice. It, 
it will be it will be interesting to see and that's the thing though like once we get the sisters of battle it really opens up the field for some of these kind of corner things uh, corner case things that we would like to see but mm. really didn't have much reason to honestly hope we'd see for a while like noise marines is definitely one of those things that oh that would be cool but you know until we get like a couple of other things done it would be foolish to hope for that well we're done now it's no longer yeah. foolish to hope for these things so well i i i wonder if we're gonna see this wrath and rapture stuff first and then sisters of battle after that oh no no doubt in my mind yeah we're, we're definitely seeing that first and i like one of the theories i've got is it wouldn't be it would be kind of cool that we get the, the wrath and rapture stuff now somehow sometime not too late in the next year we get the sister stuff and they give us a new army box like one of those combo boxes that would be slanesh versus sister yeah that would be a <gasps> that'd, that'd be that, actually that'd be, oh my god oh my god sell, i can't breathe i can't breathe it would breathe. sell I'm so excited. like hotcakes oh yeah oh, oh my god i need to go lay down after after <laughs> hearing about that i'm so excited oh David my god Tenet and to... sisters and slanesh in the same box Oh, I need a fan. Someone fan me. (laughs) I'm swooning over here. It would be pretty rad, right? (laughs) This is too much. My wildest dreams coming true. It, I, I wouldn't be. That's that's thing. Like usually, when I have pipe dreams about things like that, like, eh, it would be nice, but it's not gonna happen. This one feels like it's not impossible. It plausible feels feels plausible. Yeah. It feels like it could happen because that's the kind – it thematically works the same way Necrons and Mechanicum worked when they did that. And it just would generate so much money. So I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it does, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, um, when the Orc Cutters came out, people were – some people were whining a little bit because there weren't any uh, looted vehicles in there, but that's going to be in Chapter 3 where they're going to give you vehicle building rules for orc booted vehicles. Hmm. I'm intrigued. And it's, it's meant for uh, more narrative play, I think. Yep. Yeah, open and narrative play, just like the uh, the vehicle building rules that they did in the last Chapter Approved, right? It's it's not for quote-unquote tournament play, Um just more for, you know, if your friends agree to let you use them, which makes sense because you can probably, I assume you're going to be able to build some crazy stuff. The weapons list to put on a an looted orc vehicle is probably going to be massive. <laughs> yes. Like a, uh, a Lehman Rush with a Tau railgun nailed to the top. I could see that. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't say no. And I mean, I'm, look, I've, I have an orc army and <laughs> I'm, I'm making more orc stuff. So, you know. I'm I'm all for narrative play with crazy vehicles. Yeah. Like uh looted orc knights. <laughs> I've seen some pictures seen some of, of that things. and that is one of those projects that just seems like a lot of fun to do. <laughs> like even if there was no rules for it, I don't know if I wouldn't do one just for kicks and just use it as scenery. Yeah, or use it as a stumper. Yeah, exactly. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Caleb and Cat from CK Studios. Currently, 
Humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, so we're here with Kat Jackson and Caleb Wissenbach from CK Studios. Uh, you may have remember uh, Caleb joined us previously. Uh, guys, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Doing good. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as you know from our, our last episode with Caleb, um, CK Studios does great airbrushing classes all over the place. And um, they wanted to come on and, and share uh, some announcements in, in their schedule with us and of course chat about the hobby hangout and and things of that nature all the great stuff they're doing over there at ck studios um so why don't you go ahead and and let us know uh about your upcoming classes and and um so you have like the airbrushing 101 and then you also have your advanced airbrushing class is that right you want to take it caleb um go go ahead cat (laughs) okay yeah, we uh, so we kind of have a, a little bit of a catalog of classes right now because we've been picking up um, more instructors also. So it's not just Caleb and I doing it now. We've got um, several other guys that have joined us. So our class offerings have shifted a little bit. We have our 101 uh, Dreadnought course, which is kind of your get in and get to know airbrushing and learn everything you need to know to maintain it, how to prep your paints, how to make that thing shoot and come out with a really great model at the end of a weekend or course. And then um, we have our 102, 103, 104. And I think we're looking, I think it's 101, 102, 103 and 104 for right now. And that kind of allows us out into the 102 is not so much an advanced airbrushing course. This is when we start taking our airbrush skills and we start applying them in other directions as we go down the chain of other classes. So the 102 is a large um, figure class. Right now we're working on orcs, but we're going we're exploring moving over into more uh, creature type things. And then our 103 is, of course, our heavy night. Um, heavy, we call it heavy metal. It's our night Titan course. That one's a blast. Mm-hmm. And then our 104 is uh, kind of a, a tank heavy he- uh, vehicle class and um, possibly throwing in infantry in with that one. But it's a it's a vehicle class. So it's kind of taking the airbrush and, and branching out and going in different directions on application abilities and learning the different ways you can use it to finish and um, fine detailing and different things like that. Once you get out of the one one class, one one isn't a prerequisite to take the other classes, but that's kind of our foundation class. Very cool. Um, so like if if you guys out there like me have liked their their page on Facebook, they do you know you always get to see the pictures from the classes and the, there's just great results you know I don't think people really realize what they can do with an airbrush um, mm-hmm. 
and I think your guys' classes really help them help them find out what they can do. Absolutely. It's about just taking this tool and getting the most out of it. And airbrush is a little bit of an investment into your hobby. And so what we want to do is demystify the airbrush, uh, make it so that it's not the thing that people throw in the drawer out of frustration and never turn back to again. <laughs> and actually make it a viable tool in their their hobby kit that this takes time off of their projects and gives them better results. So we we love it. The the airbrush is a great tool to have and it's a it's a great tool to hone your skills on. And, and you're definitely right, it's one of those really intimidating things, you know. Pe- some people tend to think they can just go buy an airbrush and then they'll just be able to use it right away, but you really need to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was most... my approach to it, was to buy it and wing it. Do not recommend. <laughs> There's so much information out there when you when when you do go buy it. I think we talked about this in the last interview. When you first go out and you buy that, that airbrush, you know, you get on the forums and stuff or you get into the Facebook groups and you start asking people, you know, what thinner should I use? What air pressure should I shoot? Um, man, you got to weed your way through a lot of information to find out what works for you. It's not necessarily that anybody's wrong. It's just there, there's a lot of different ways to do it, and it's hard to figure that out. Um, and I was just talking with, with Neil just the other day about it and trying to to find your way through even picking the right airbrush. You know, you got different needle sizes and brushes, and there's, you know, seven different companies, and everybody suggests a, something different. So uh, I think that's one of the good things that we have, especially with the 101 class, is it, it helps to answer a lot of those questions and, um, you know, just build that confidence, build the confidence in the airbrush. And airbrushing can be become almost its own hobby, just knowing the different types and all that can... Um, you can become almost like a gun owner with how much you can collect these things and just accumulate, <laughs> know all the details, taking them apart, clean them, put them back together as fast as you can, like you're in full metal jacket or something. <laughs> I may it's not so be true. understanding how that works very well. <laughs> I think I, I think Cat might really be in that same boat. True. Huh? I think I think Cat might be in that same boat. <laughs> I do. I have a library of airbrushes. It does become like that. This one is for this, and this one's for that. <laughs> and this one I just keep things. for the memories. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a pink one that's just there because it's gorgeous. <laughs> this is this is my airbrush from Nam. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it almost parallels my my paint addiction. Oh gosh! Please don't say that. Oh yeah. I have so much further down the rabbit hole I could go if that's the case. <laughs> I only have it? two airbrushes. It could be worse. That's good. That's good. Oh, that makes me happy to hear. <laughs> what do you What do you use your airbrushes primarily for? I'm so slow, um, so I use them mainly for speed. <laughs> nice. Um, typically, so typically, typically, typically uh, basing it, um, basing and base colors. Um, just to kind of get me rolling. Yeah. Oh, I think that's excellent. I think it's really common. You know, that's so much better than than quote unquote just using it for priming. We see a lot of that. People come into our one on ones, and all they've done so far is just use their airbrushes for priming. Mm-hmm. It's an expensive rattle can. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> 
Um, so you guys have uh, some classes coming up, obviously. Um, what are where are you guys going to be in the in the future, near future? Oh, we have we have a lot of really fun stuff lined up. Again, um, I ta- I touched briefly on our new instructors that we have. Of course, we just did a class with Sam Lentz. And um, Vincent um, Venturella has joined us, and Justin Kiefer has joined us. And so right now we're in the middle of putting everybody's schedules together, but we already have a bunch on the books. We've got San Antonio coming up next week. And then um, in December, we're actually looking at two events. Um, We'll be in Boston. That class has got 26 students in it right now. I think we have room for four more for Boston in December. And that's a 101 class, and then we're going to do a little something special at the end of December. Um, can't announce that one yet because it's an event coming up, but keep an eye to that one. Um, and in January, we're out in Lansing. We're picking all these cold places to be right in the middle <laughs> of winter. It's going to be crazy. And February is just absolutely nuts because, you got. of course, we're both teaching at LVO. And then um, we've got Vince over in Philadelphia. Um, he'll be teaching the 103 night class in Philadelphia. And that's going to be a lot of fun. That's in February. And Caleb will be over here in Portland uh, doing his 101 in February also. And um, we just keep going from there, from going through March and Adepticon. We're looking at dropping a Chicago class in there if we can. And then April, um we're going to be down in L.A., and we're putting one together for events right now. The location's to be announced, but he'll probably be doing a, either a night Titan class or doing the, um, the vehicle class on that one. And um, in May, it's kind of fun. We're going to look at going back over to the U.K. Last year, I don't know if you guys know this, but we were in um, the U.K. for Warhammer Fest time. And we mm-hmm. threw a couple of workshops the weekend before Warhammer Fest and then went to Warhammer World and then down to Warhammer Fest. So we're oh, going to really? do that again. Yeah. And we'll be over there with Vince. Vince, we saw him get his first Golden Demon there last year. So he'll probably teach while we teach and we'll throw some workshops either the weekend before or the weekend after. And um, Justin will be out there out in the U.S. that month doing a, a, a class for uh, a 101 he might be in minneapolis that month so those are coming up and then we'll be in ontario in june and we'll be in um, british columbia in july and then more classes for vince and justin being lined up for those months too so we're a little bit everywhere right now (laughs) where are you guys going to be in ontario in ontario we're going to be at kingston nexus games um, I think it's called Kingston Nexus Games. Yes. And oh, that one will be in June from the 15th to the 16th. That's a bit far. I might have to try to catch you in Chicago. Where are you at? I'm in Montreal. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I should let the listeners know that. Some of them want me dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of them want to kill us yet. Uh, I, I hope for not. yourself. Awesome. We're like really adamant about like, hey, we're gonna be at Adepticon or we're gonna be doing this. Like any of those times, we could just get hit. Like, oh, they like can out. come at me at Adepticon. I have my posse. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, your posse is us. It's putting yeah. us in the line of fire. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I, don't, awesome. I don't see a problem. I don't see a problem. <laughs> right on. And how, how much are the classes usually? Um, for our one on ones, they are two fifty. 
And then um, because everybody kind of some people already have their dreadnoughts and some people don't. Um, we don't include that in the class, but we source them. And um, typically we try and support the store that we're at. So we, we ask the students to kind of purchase from the store that we're at if we're at a game store. And if not, then we source them through a distributor and get get a little bit of a discount for the dreadnoughts over to them. And then. Um, the 102 is also typically $250. Um, the 103 and 104 being the large, larger format for the class, those are um, 275 for those classes. And um, it takes more on our end for investment because the models are about four times as expensive. <laughs> They're a little more spendy to do those, but those are fun. Um, so 250 and 275 right now for the class fees. Interesting. Which cool. Is, I think 250 is pretty competitive. Um, I think it's from what I'm seeing, it's a little bit lower than a lot of the other entry point workshops that, that pop up. So that's good. We've been able to keep. We've been doing that class. We've taught that class now 21 times. That workshop. Um, we've had uh, over 300 students go through there, <laughs> through the one-on-one. Wow. And so we've been able to maintain that price. We've just, we've been doing it for so long. We have such a really solid system built out for it that we haven't had to increase our rates on it, which has been really nice. We've, we've really tried to keep that down, down to covering our expenses. So it's pretty fun that way. Well, it's great that you guys, you know, you travel all over and you're and you're getting more people, more people in there on your crew to help out, um, allowing you to expand more and, and have more places and really, you know, help people that, like we said, have no idea what's going on with their airbrush. Mhm. Yeah, and we love the the community that we get to share this with. We have met and we have really met and hung out with some seriously cool people over the last two years. And in places that we would have never ventured into. And you're going out into the, basically for us, it's almost going out into the gaming community. And it, it's a neat opportunity. It's really neat to see how different the communities are, but how similar they are all over the world. It, you, you're always going kind of into that I'm home feeling no matter where you're at. Because it's, you, do you know what I mean? It's the oh, community. Yeah. It's the community is the greater community is the greater community. And that's really nice. Really nice. We've really enjoyed it. I think, I think we've had a, we've had a good run for about almost three years now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, it sounds like you guys are doing what you love and who can beat that? Yeah, definitely. Right. Exactly. And now we get to invite other people to come and join us with the new instructors, which is so much fun. We really get to take it. And I don't I don't know, I guess when you're you're inviting someone into your own madness, but it's it's really a lot of fun to share the experience with them because they are there's the people that we've chosen to work with are so incredibly passionate about what they're doing. So this just adds to their experience, too. So it's kind of a super win win. And there's also like a, a global benefit to the gaming community. We see like because of classes like yours, we see a lot more painted armies already and better painted mm -hmm. armies. Which I'm still on the fence about because I compete against them <laughs> for best painted. So I'm coming to terms with the situation, but 
Um, not it's like you need, it sounds like you need to go to our classes. Oh, ouch. Just, just wow, saying. yeah. Thrown down. <laughs> I mean, probably, but... Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I asked for prices for a reason. It's not just it'll chatter here. I'm not interviewing <laughs> you. That's my math's job. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> now, I've heard from you guys before we started the interview that you're producing an airbrush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're very excited with this. Um, we've been man, we've been wanting to produce an airbrush now for quite a few years, and we finally got the opportunity. We've we've moved over and we're working with Harder and Steambeck now. And part of the benefit of being able to work for work with Harder and Steambeck, not only from the, the pricing that we're getting to offer our students and um, kind of helping introduce the Harder and Steambeck brand more into the gaming area, but we get to produce an airbrush. And if people are familiar with Harder and Steambeck, they have that build a brush program where you can go in and you can pick. It's like a candy store. You walk in and there's so many different options that you can choose for an airbrush. And we got to sit down and say, well, what would work best for what we want to do? What do we feel would be the best combinations together, design, everything like that? And uh Harder Steambeck was very willing to work with us, which was great. Um, we were able to sit down and pretty much find and design what I I don't know. I wouldn't call it the perfect brush. I don't know if there is that, but um, we feel it really matches uh, what we're what we're about, what we're after for for teaching this airbrushing from for getting the community to airbrush more and uh, our new airbrush that we're working with them with. I think reflects that. Um, we definitely didn't get all of the options there are. You get on their site, you'll see there's a lot of options. We found what we felt worked really well. Um, we're basing it off of the Evolution line brushes that they have. Um, not quite their top end. Their top end is the Infinity, which is just a phenomenal brush. Uh, which we, we, we have an Infinity coming out, too, though. Um, yeah, I don't know if we were going to talk about that one. Um, <laughs> Too late. We have the scoop. <laughs> I think that one's actually easier to talk about than the other one. Uh, actually, that that might be. Um, but uh, the, the, so the CK the CK brush, the the one that's going to have CK Studios on it, um, it is based on the Evolution. Uh, it's got a few of the little that we like to have for a brush. We thought it'd be a, a very nice brush. But what we were after is um, to us. Quality and value is very important. We talked about kind of how we've designed our classes and the, the the fees that we charge and stuff like that. Me and Kat, we don't do this as a full-time job. We do this as a hobby. We're professionals in other lines, and we just kind of do this in our free time. Um, so, so with that in mind, we don't have to like necessarily put the food on the table with this. So we're able to to I don't know. I th- I think do things a little more affordably. Some might scoff, but they're like, oh, 250 bucks for a class. But that's like, you know, an entire weekend right. that you're spending. Um, so because that's it put us in a unique position, we were able to use that position with, with Harder and Steambeck. And the brush that we designed, we wanted to reflect that that attitude that we have. So we wanted something that's going to be – how did you put it? Um, our goal is to bring uh, a, a high-quality brush at a at a realistic price. To, to the market. And that's what we're after is something that's, that's super high quality, but a, a relatively decent value. I mean, they're not going to be as cheap as some of the, 
the brushes that you can pick up on eBay or, or something like that. You know, it's, it's definitely not as cheap as a, as a Harbor Freight brush, something like that. Um, you are going to pay a little bit for quality, and Harder and Steenbeck is known for their quality. Um, but with that in mind, we wanted something that's affordable and that the, the gamers wouldn't kind of feel the pinch on. And we've heard in the past that Harder and Steenbeck is kind of considered like a, the luxury brush. And we want to make sure that this is a, um, like Kat said, that, that realistic price for a hobby tool. And that's what. It's the airbrush you grab if you want to impress the chicks with. And just drive up with your airbrush and check it out, ladies. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm not, hard to, I'm not hard to impress. I gotta be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Show know why Kat's laughing. I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, the airbrush on a catnip. Yeah, the, the Infinity would definitely be that that Lamborghini <laughs> brush. You know, that that'd be rolling up in a Lamborghini or something. Um, right. With, with the with the evolution, I think that's more. Uh, You'd be rolling up with a, a BMW, maybe a Mercedes. You know, right, it's it's right. definitely high quality. And um, I mean, the trigger action on a hardware steam pack. Have you ever gotten to use the trigger action on one? Yes, tell us about just, the trigger action. Oh, they're unbelievable. It's so, it, it's got the best trigger action out in the market. Um, any of the, well, the the Evolution and the the Infinity, they're both, both based on the same trigger. Um, uh, Fantastic. I can't talk enough about it. The The brushes are so impressive. Um, you guys have, have known that CK Studios have been pretty, pretty, I don't know, vocal with, <laughs> we've been pretty vocal with what we prefer and what we feel works best for the hobby. And we're definitely not any less, less vocal when it comes to talking about our airbrushes that, that we're, we're using. And that's the brush that we have. Um, we are uh, finding that we have just a little bit of a delay in the release of it. Uh, they have that kickstart going that's, I mean, tremendously, uh, what would you get, successful? <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss for words tonight. Um, it, their kickstart that they had going on with the Cult of Paintbrush has been just tremendously successful, and it's going to take a little bit of time for Harder and Steenbeck to switch over and tool up into our brush. Um, so we, we are having a little bit of delay on that. We should be releasing um, mid, mid-December. We're, we're, we're shooting for a release date that will get brushes into people's hands before Christmas. We can't guarantee it, you know, how everything goes with tooling and, and shifting over into a new production. Um, but that's our goal. Uh, we're hoping that we'll have that. So we were hoping we'd be able to announce tonight on the, the podcast that, that we would be having it come out here in like the next few weeks, but it's going to be a few weeks longer. So unfortunately, if any of the CK studio fans are out there, you're, you're waiting for that brush. Yes. It's going to be a little bit longer, but it's coming soon. Or you just think, let us know when it is out and we'll announce it on our Facebook page and put yeah. it in the next show. Like make sure that we get the word out there. Awesome. I think it, it got bumped out. Like it's, it's not a huge amount. It's like two weeks or whatever. And it, kickstarts, you hear all the different oh. things out there about kickstart. They're so unpredictable. So they've actually done a really good job with um, lining this up and, and timing it. And they're just at the mercy of, of doing things the kickstart way before we get ours out there. But um, definitely supposed to be before year end and the goal is to be able to have them in everybody's hands by Christmas and we just had a big meeting with them today again and kind of nailing down release dates and times and we will actually have 
our prototypes back in hand here in the next couple of weeks. I think it, they finish production at the end of next week. So we'll be able to do all of our finals on it. And it, a lot of this is dependent on us doing our approvals and finals for them to go, okay, now we put it, put it into full swing production. So it's all coming together. We just, we've got a little tiny window of flexibility we have to work with and that's fine considering things that happen we've got so many stories of people trying to put their models out there and all the different horror stories people go through this has not been bad at all <laughs> this has been such a good experience with harder and steam bag so very excited i do think caleb that it, we can talk about the other brush because i'm excited about that one I, that's like my that's that. my baby huh I'm going to let you talk about it. <laughs> We're doing a, uh, this one is so exciting. And they're going to both come out basically at the same time. Um, and we haven't, but, well, literally this will be our first public announcement of this one. We haven't talked about this one yet anywhere. And it's been, it's been getting produced for a bit. Um, I am actually going to be releasing a pink airbrush. And um, I have my copy of a pink airbrush right now. It's kind of like in the level of a pink purple color. But they're going, they, they really opened it up for me to design the airbrush. Um, and it's an infinity. It's based on an infinity. It's got a few different options on there that I've gone in and tweaked because of preference. And um, it's going to have their new needle technology in it. And our airbrush will have their new needle technology in it as well. Um, all their brushes at this point will be released with their new tech, new needle technology, which is an amazing thing that we got to we actually got to try out. But the pink airbrush is going to be um, etched, and they're doing a whole bunch of fun stuff on it. So it's going to be very very unique, and I'm totally excited about it, of course, because it's pink. But um, <laughs> you won't you'll know that brush if you see it out there somewhere. <laughs> that's for sure. It's not going to look like any any other one out there. And they're allowing us to really come in at a really good price for an infinity with it, too. And it's really it's really in the vein of kind of celebrating the women in the hobby. Um, because and you, you'll probably, we get, we get to play with a lot of boy toys in the hobby. And most things are kind of, especially if you're into, like we are into Warhammer and all those things, it's, it's a very boy dominant kind of thing and no. there are I don't know <laughs> what you mean right? Yeah, it's such a weird <laughs> statement it's bizarre there's so many incredibly talented women in the hobby not just in the gaming side but in the hobby in general that are amazing artists so this is kind of something that we've teamed up with Harder and Steamback and said hey look we'd really like to celebrate the ladies out there too so what can we do together and Basically, they were completely 100%, 150% supportive of the idea. And uh, the guy that we work with there at Harder and Steinbeck just said, shoot me every idea you have for this brush. We'll make it happen. And they just loved it. So it's, I, I'm really excited about this. It's got a bigger purpose than just being, I got a pink airbrush. I already have a pink airbrush. This airbrush actually means something. And the, the message is it, of it is really to celebrate the women in the hobby. And everybody needs a pink airbrush, <laughs> right? I mean, that was my next question: whether or not, like, are boys allowed to get one? Like, if it's so absolutely, good? absolutely. Right, and good, that's good. 
that's the whole well we're getting more requests from the people that we've told about it in our classes we haven't done a public announcement but the folks that have seen my pink airbrush that it will take to classes and whatnot have just the, they, <laughs> you, you put that into production i'm buying one and 95 percent of our classes are with men so it, it's they're definitely on board to do it and that's a lot of fun a lot of fun and we're going to send out free copies of it to some of the ladies that really inspire us in the hobby, too. That's super cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Ashley's inspiring. Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to have fun. <laughs> I, try, I tried, Ash. I tried. <laughs> That's... Awesome. Now, of course, I have to decide which one of the two I should get, which is going to be a problem. Pink, Matt. Come on. <laughs> you know it to be true. I, th I think that you'll, you'll win with either one. What, Caleb? I said I think you'll be surprised. I think I think you'll you'll sell a lot of, of those brushes to to men just because. Oh yeah. It would be that much different. It's going to be that unique of a brush. Mm-hmm. And it's infinity too, so it's their, um, not their, not the brush that we're really trying to put out there for your. This is the brush that is a tool that's economical and will give you awesome results, and that's our evolution. I mean, hands down, just going to be such a killer buy for such good quality. The infinity's kind of, it, it's, um, it, it's a little more expensive, but the the brush itself is their higher end based on their higher end brush. The it's hard because we teach we teach and we use both of these brushes and we get awesome results out of both of them. So <laughs> when people are asking us, you know, should I do the Infinity or should I do the Evolution? It's like, oof, what's your budget like? Because they're <laughs> both fantastic. Yes, the the answer is is just both. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Oh, money bags, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do have a um, an airbrush stand, a hard-earned Steenbeck airbrush stand that holds two airbrushes. That's uh, this like this really neat manifold style, where you can run the air through the airbrush stand, and it goes oh, directly cool. to both of the brushes, so you can run your side-by-side -side brushes. Now we're getting really nerdy. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting airbrush nerdy now. Yeah, we well, gotta have we gotta have a radio, for, for dual dual wielding airbrushes. You know right. you're in deep. You gotta be exactly. careful on this show. We wouldn't want to offend the jocks that listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All you need now is like a uh, one of those miniature holders with the clamps, so you can use both airbrushes at the same time. <laughs> you just need to you just need to be ambidextrous, and you can use both at the same yeah, time. So just go. go. <laughs> what is? Did you see that new? holder from GW with a clamp <laughs> on it? Yeah, I did. It seems I, a bit I, excessive I, to me. Yeah, I'm not so sure I got it. I was like, I was trying to find pictures and, and trying to figure out why or how. Mostly how was, yeah, was, was mostly my how. first thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's, I think if I got that, I'd have to paint it up to look like uh, mechandrites. You know, the little... <laughs> <laughs> it just turned into a little 
a little tech marine backpack or something. <laughs> paint the basin to the, <laughs> paint the basin to the <laughs> the model. Make it part of your scene. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I do like the bigger base though. I'm glad they finally did that. Yeah, that's gonna be useful. Mhm. I like their I like their holders. I think they're nice. They're shockingly affordable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Sure. <laughs> it was interesting if too because if, if you buy enough of them, you'll get a free um, paintbrush. Oh, four hundred and twenty dollars to get a paintbrush holder for a little paintbrush pouch. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Which too. is, by the way, those are nice. We did get those at Gen Con. Um, one of our friends, Sarah GW, gave us a couple of copies of it, and those are actually really neat little pouches. We we carry our airbrushes in them. They're cool. And so, uh, as listeners may remember from last time, you guys also run the Hobby Hangout page on Facebook. Oh, yeah. And I know I'm a member. I uh, I believe, uh, Jeff, you're on there as well. Yeah, I don't participate as much as I should. I'm dumb. (laughs) Well, we're coming off of... This time of year, there's always kind of a lull in the in activity with it. Um, it comes right off of the the um, summer break and people getting back into the kind of their fall mode. And once everybody's kind of back into winter mode and they're in their houses and doing stuff like that, we'll see the activity on Hobby Hangout will ramp way up again. Um, but that one's a fun community group. We've still got a bunch of folks that hang out in there and, and do the, the hobby hangouts together every night. Um, at least a good couple of people a week are kicking them off, and then you have new people, and then you have regulars that do it. Um, Caleb, do you want to talk at all about what you're thinking about doing with it? Um, yeah, the, the first thing I'd like to do is get we, – we used to <laughs> we used to do the, the Wednesday workshops where every Wednesday – um, I would get on with CK students and we, we would talk a, a topic and I'd go through a demonstration or teach a tutorial or something like that. So we definitely want to get back to the, the weekend, the weekend, uh, the Wednesday workshops. Um, that'll be Pacific standard time because we are on the West coast out here. So it'll be Pacific standard time, approximately 7 PM. Um, and we'd like to get back into that. We're going to have Vince or I mean, I'm sorry, not Vince. Um, Vince is already doing his regular feed on Wednesday nights at Hobby Cheats, if you guys are aware of, uh, right? Hobby Cheats? And I said that right, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going off a script here. So. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Vince, is, Vince, unfortunately, is not available on Wednesdays. What he's planning to do is pre-record, and then he'll put up um, a couple of recorded uh, kind of CK influence hobby cheats um through through hobby hangout um and then we'll have justin Kiefer. we'll have dev so no well dev will do it earlier because he's uk so his mm-hmm. time will be a little bit earlier which would be nice it'll allow people um a little more access at earlier times because maybe 7 p.m pacific standard time is a little too late that's that's pretty late um east coast time, what is that 10 p.m east coast so yeah. Yeah, sometimes that might limit it, especially on a Thursday night or I mean a Wednesday night. Wow, where am I at tonight? Um, <laughs> uh, but but Dev will be doing it, and then also Devin Bush. Um, he's another 
uh, one of our friends in the hobby that's also working with us at CK Studios, and he wants to kind of dabble more into the teaching aspects. And I, I, I'm looking forward to actually seeing what he's going to put out because he's not necessarily a professional painter. Uh, he's definitely a gamer enthusiast. Um, so I think a lot of what he's going to put out will be very geared towards uh, gamers and their interests in the hobby. I, I think sometimes some of the things I do may be a little over the top sometimes, a little a little <laughs> um, technique in, in, what would you call that, technique uh, require? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, I think that Deb... Prerequisites. Yeah, I think I think that Devin's classes are really going to, uh, or his little tutorials and stuff like that are really going to, to appeal for people that are getting just getting into the hobby, or maybe they're a little more <laughs> dated. Um, hopefully, it'll get them more interested in in hobbying and and uh, painting and wanting to push forward. And that's our goal. Um, we really want to expand the hobby, and we don't want to exclude the brand new hobbyists that are getting into the. The hobby. I mean, GW is doing such a fantastic job with everything they're putting out from the new, the new game systems, the small games, kill team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We're just going to see a huge growth in the hobby, and we want to make sure that nobody really gets left out or gets left behind. And that's that's the great thing about the hobby hangout is you don't have to be any certain level of painting ability. I know there's some other groups that are out there that are maybe golden demon painters or something like that, and that's intimidating to get into. Well, that's intimidating to even sit in that. And then, you know, if you're painting your model, you're kind of covering it up, covering the camera up so people can't see it. We don't want that. We want people to, to expand their hobby and expand their, their community. And that's our goal there. So we want to get back to the Wednesday nights. Um, we're going to start doing those pre-recorded again. We, we record them. And then if, you were, if you're not able to make it on and it's a topic you're interested in, they go up onto the YouTube channel. Have, have you gotten to look at the YouTube channel and watch any of those, Matt? Uh, I have not checked out the YouTube channel yet. I don't know, Ashley or uh, JF, have you guys checked that out yet, at all? I I have not, unfortunately. Yeah. I've uh, I haven't had much time to watch anything these days. Yeah, I am. Um, my life's boring. a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, it's on my to do list now. Well, that's great. I mean, that, and that's what I want to do is get the information out there. I don't think a lot of people realize that because we can see a hobby hangout group and it's. Google Hangouts, everybody thinks, well, it's kind of focused on that, and I can't make those, so I don't, I can't really be involved because I don't have the same time frame as everybody else, mm-hmm. and that's where the videos come in nice. You can sit down and still enjoy, and yeah, maybe it's not that live, one-to-one interaction, but you can still kind of sit down there and enjoy yeah. it and um, learn on the topics. We want to make sure we're not burying things behind paywalls. Uh, we want to be out there and open, so... Um, yeah, it's it's an awesome opportunity because it's still live when we do the recording, the hangout. Um, we can have up to like 25 people in the room. And so it makes it a very interactive session. And with Caleb, Caleb is the one designing the program this time. Um, and it's been on his shoulders before to to be there every Wednesday, to have a new topic, to train, do this. And that gets very intensive when we're training at Adepticon and we're training LVO and we're training Nova and we're doing, you know, some of these other big events and going over to Warhammer Fest and doing that. It, it There's a tendency for not enough time to be given over to doing training for hobby hangouts. So he is literally building this program in mind with um, a mentorship platform where he's grabbing people that have different skill sets. Um, Vince Venturella already does his 
phenomenal job of his Hobby Cheats video library. That thing is huge. I can get lost in his library. I'd love to have it running. Um, but he's he's invited that in. So if any of the instructors that are going to do a Wednesday night can't do it, we'll have a pre-recorded session to put up instead. So there'll always be something on Wednesday nights. Awesome. Which is just awesome. There'll be no no gap in there. And then it allows for the other people to do it like once a month. So there's no overwhelming um, ex expectation on anybody doing the workshops. And so, and then we have some other plans for other programs that should roll out in 2020. Things we can't talk about yet, but <laughs> things that we have mm -hmm. planned out for Hobby Hangout right now. And it's going to be exciting. Um, we're really trying to figure out different ways of, of bringing, <clears throat> bringing training to the people and it not be necessarily subscription-based kind of training. You know, it's stuff that's accessible. It's by the community for the community. And um, we enjoy that platform with the Hobby Hangout because it's really the feedback that I get. I started that group almost three years ago now, and I still get feedback from people that are brand new to the hobby and people that are experienced in the hobby that are still getting something out of just being able to be in a community that is welcoming and supportive and always there to answer questions. You know, you can throw a question out to the hobby hangout and there's usually several people that'll, that'll answer your question if they can share pictures or get into a gentle discussion with you about it. And I've got several <laughs> moderators that work with me and we're, 100% 24-7 monitoring that group, and we pull stuff off the group all the time just to keep it on topic about about the community and not a place you go where it's the same studios publishing up their stuff across 17 pages, you know? <laughs> well, we now really... I know what's happening to my cat pics pictures. <laughs> <laughs> we really try to keep those things kind of filtered, filtered out of the feed so it stays more focused on community matters so it's fun the hobby hangouts turned out it's it's interesting the hobby hobby hangout itself has become kind of a term out there and we see it in a lot of places now it's it's become a thing and that's so good for the hobby um in general it, it it's given you the vibe that the community should be coming together to do more together and i think it's kind of changed the dialogue a lot in the community and brought kind of a scattered U.S. worldwide thing together. And the Hobby Hangout's in over 100 countries around the world. And we get upwards of sometimes 40,000 interactions a month on wow. it. So there's a lot of activity going on, you know, anywhere from 25,000 up to 40,000 interactions a month. So it's it's still a very viable thing. It's a little bit, it's in its its low season right now with um, with the summer months and stuff but it picks back up in the winter and it'll get real heavy again so it's really fun and so i joined after we talked to caleb last time and i think a lot of people out there are afraid to share their painting because they don't think they're they're very good at it or they're worried about getting criticized but i mean i can tell you guys out there that i have not seen any negative stuff on the page everybody's like cat was saying very supportive um, mm -hmm. they'll offer you good advice. Unlike everybody, you know, you can go to 
some forums out there, you post a picture and everybody tells you that you're horrible. Nobody does mm-hmm. that on, on the hobby hangout. Right. Very welcoming. So if you if you're on Facebook, which I know most you are, we told you last time we're going to tell you again to join the hobby hangout and check it out because it's like I said, it's a great community. Um, and with all the you know the chance to just kind of sit and hang out with people with your with your webcam and paint together, you know it mm-hmm. it's a very interesting interaction. I think when you paint together with other people sometimes you get a little more motivated or, you know, somebody, you might be seeing somebody doing something that you're not, you know, like a new technique or something that you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And a lot of times there'll be a mixed amount of people <clears throat> in the hangout. So you've got some experience, some new um, people there to answer questions. It's really cool if you're, you're stuck on something and you can actually show the other people what you're working on if you choose to. Um, there's a lot of times when I'll, I'll go onto a hobby hangout and I'm just there kind of creeping. I don't have any, um, (laughs) I don't have any video going on. I'm just kind of checking it out, seeing how things are going. And, um, I won't have video. I'll just have audio and I'll turn my audio on and off. So you don't have to, you don't have to be on video, you know, and that, and that's something that does give some people nerve, you know, they don't, <laughs> nerves, they don't want it. They don't want to have to be on video and you have the choice. You can control your own session. So that's really nice. Very cool. Um, Ashley and JF, you guys have any, any questions for, for Caleb and Kat? No, I'm just, yeah. I'm so stoked you guys were able to come and talk to us. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, thank I'm, you so much for having us again. I'm going to try to be more active on the hobby hangout, but I make no promises because I'm bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a prerequisite, too. You don't need to be active. I kind of want active. to. It's just, you know, I need to make the time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Stop posting cat pics. Yeah, but my cat's freaking adorable, Matt. Just put the understand. cat in the background of your miniature photos. I think that's there you incredible. go. awesome well guys thank you so much for joining us um guys please check out ck studios you know if they're coming to your area and you're interested in airbrushing class of course we recommend you go i'm sure they'd love to see you there um be on the lookout for the airbrushes coming out soon Mm -hmm. and join the hobby hangout it's on facebook it's free why not you're not losing, you know, you're going to get to see lots of pictures of miniatures and get some good advice. Mm-hmm. Guys, thanks, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Oh, definitely look forward to having you come back. Yeah, yeah. it's easy content for us. It makes our job yeah. super simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, we don't, if we don't see you sooner, we'll definitely see you at Adapticon. We're, we'll be there. We'll be in the the hobby area i'm sure i'm gonna try to actually get in a few games this year we'll see i recommend the friendly the 40k friendly is i wouldn't say memorable because we drink a lot so i don't remember most of it but i think i have a good time (laughs) you keep going back exactly (laughs) i can say with with confidence that i had a great time yeah you say so right on right on Well, thanks, guys. We'll be following you some more. 
Awesome. Hello, miss. I am here to save you. Samurai Jack? Oh my goodness, I'm saved. These Imakandi hunters captured me hours ago. Uh, are you okay? You look really stressed out. I am a bit weary from my travels. Well, if you ask me, you need to go on a Geek Nation tour and have some fun. Oh, oh no. The hunters have returned. The more the merrier on a Geek Nation tour. All right, and we are back with a very special guest. We have Romeo, the man behind Battlephone with us. Romeo, how's it going? What's up, man? I am doing good. Thank you for having me on. It's been a long time since I was uh, part of the old 4OK action. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, long-time listeners will, of course, remember that uh, before this incarnation of 40K Radio, this is this is Romeo's gig. Um, so long-time listeners will remember that voice, and we thought we'd have him on to catch us up with what he's been doing lately you know we haven't heard from him in a while so uh let's just roll right into it so romeo what have you been playing lately so honestly you know it's it's funny man after i stopped doing the show uh, a few years ago at this point i was really in a horse heresy 30k for the longest time um i still am i mean to some extent i i have every model if you will i still collect everything so i have cupboards and cupboards and cases of uh, you know, the latest wares that Forge World, you know, dawns upon us every couple weeks. Um, even if I don't need them, I'm like, oh, I got to have those shoulder pads for no reason. <laughs> you know, but yeah. uh, it's uh, it's like paying the tax, man. You know, you just got to pay your annual Forge World tax and get your gear and keep your <laughs> hobbying going. Uh, but that's I was doing that for the longest time. And then in the last, I'd say, oh, I don't know, last year, about midway through the year last year in 17, I decided, you know, let me give uh, Necromunda a try. A lot of the guys here at, at Battlefoam were uh, in the sales department whatnot were playing it, and they said, yeah, man, it's cool, it's fast, you can get a game an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever, and uh, you don't need a lot of minis. You can, everybody had everything painted, so it was, like, way cool looking. Nice. Um, and I thought, well, that's kind of neat. You know, so what's Necromunda? I had heard about it, and obviously we kind of covered it in the show back in the day here and there, but since it died, you know, out completely. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the old days, and then there was never a new edition while I was still doing podcasting stuff. For me, it was just kind of a foreign world. And uh, I kind of dove into the, um, I don't know, the stories and some of the, the fluffy stuff that they were putting out. And I thought, man, this is pretty damn cool. You know, the, the games were looking neat. And then, the, you know, the, the four drill stuff, obviously, the, the junk that comes out for them all the time is, is, is cool. So you get excited about that. And yeah, it was just really neat. But I've just kind of been dabbling in that a little bit. Um, I would say just like in my IG days when I first started with the Rambo guys is what I call them. It was the, you know, catechins. Yeah. I kind of dove towards the Rambo guys in Necromunda. So my big muscly brutes, nice. uh, is kind of the direction I go with, but, uh, you know, it's a cool game. I just, they just released, um, God, it was the last game. They just released the, um, the trash dudes. Oh my God. It slipped my mind right now, but it's the, it's basically like the, the dudes that just, grab anything they can find in the underhive, slap it together, and it becomes a weapon. So uh, that's kind of neat. gives you a little bit of, of modeling freedom, if you will, and as long as you're kind of keeping track of your guys with cards and whatnot, then it, it works out. So uh, I love that part of the game. So um, so with Necromunda, um, the Necromunda under, Underhive, which is the, the latest edition, they introduced the tiles to play the game on. So are you guys doing terrain tiles, changing up, doing back and forth? You know, what are you guys doing when you play? 
So, you know, the tiles are cool because it's kind of easy to go that route, especially with the stuff that comes in the, you know, when it, as far as the, the game, it comes with a pretty much pre-set up uh, gear. Sure. But we like the freedom of just kind of deciding, okay, we're going to play a larger, you know, cost. We're going to go with a few extra models. Let's go with, uh, you know, two foot by two foot area and let's jam it up with all kinds of Necromunda, you know, appropriate uh, terrain that we already have so we really use kind of like 40k terrain and the, some of the necromunda terrain of course like the pipes and the different levels of, of um you know industrial looking complex type things uh but we've done a lot of we even did a um there was a kickstarter oh man i want to say maybe three years ago it was like the bug corridor i don't know if you remember oh, that yeah one. i know like, which one you're talking about yeah bug hunt i think it was called yeah, something I think so. like that and i mean the poor guy i think he went out of business because he had such a great kickstarter he had like 10 million mdf corridors to make or something yeah, like that yeah. <laughs> uh and it just overwhelmed the poor dude but he got my kid out to me i bought everything he had nice. i think i spent like a grand with him and i remember getting this box of stuff and it weighed it had to weigh 100 pounds oh wow just a big box of wood and i got i said i will never build this in my entire life this is insanity and one day we just said let's build this for necromunda and we literally sat down and we glued the shit out of this stuff sorry <laughs> no not all no, no that's that fine that's fine yeah we went on a, like a gluing bonanza and then i went on to this like freak out i'm going to paint it all moment and we literally spray painted everything black in one afternoon and then it was dry brush dry brush everything uh, rust then it was dry brush, dry, it, it was just nonstop for like four days of hobbying. And we painted an entire, we made a spaceship basically. That's awesome. It, it, it's almost, I want to say if we lay it all out, we can easily cover probably eight by four corner to corner and have an entire corridor in there. Oh, wow. So we've done it on that. We've played on that. We've played, of course, with the tiles. And then we've played kind of a hybrid where, we use the tile, tiles in the middle as rooms, like larger areas, and then we use the corridors to build areas around the rooms to have like gangways to get to the rooms. Um, so it's pretty badass. Very uh, cool. I don't know if you have time, but I have a, a, a great story about a mission we played. Oh yeah, it go was, ahead. Yeah, so we had four gangs. This is we just did. We <laughs> we call it the hot dogger weekend, where because <laughs> it's all dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we go up to Flagstaff, which is a couple hours north of Phoenix, and we go up to Flagstaff. We rent a cabin. Well, I, I rent a cabin for our for our for our crew here, kind of like a little vacation that that Battlefield does for them. But we go up north. We hunker down for like three four days, gaming only, all dudes, which is super <laughs> lame. But you know, we eat terrible. It's like bacon yeah. all day long and <laughs> chips. We have our video game systems up there. We play. Uh, you know, Blood Bowl or whatever we're playing in, in, you know, in our downtime. And then we'll do like a large campaign. But for this, we did this large campaign where we did this in, this giant prison is what it was. So we used a bunch of the tiles that come with the game and some of the expansion tiles. We built the corridors all the way around it using the bug hunt thing. And the gangs basically were trying to get weapons from inside this prison and Every um, certain area of the prison had those uh, mercenaries for hire that they released. And it, I don't know if you know all the mercenaries, but the, each mercenary that they re, they released, uh, Forge World did, they have various, you know, obviously stats. Some are yeah. better than others and whatnot. So those for us, the better their stats were, the higher the security to get to them was, cool. meaning – it required multiple uh, computer things to hack to get to them and or 
doors to blow up or things to get to these guys. But once you got to them, they worked for you, right? Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, and then it, the next thing we did with that as a mission is we uh, – there was one area of the board where you can go to and you can actually start blowing up random parts of the of the jail where your guys could be in there. Your opponent's guys could be in there, and slowly we started detonating different parts of the board and just literally moving the <laughs> tiles and all the models. So, <laughs> you know, it was like, do you go for like the points and get like these cool bounty hunters that are going to help you, these mercenaries, in future missions? Or do you just say, screw my friends and screw everybody? I'm going to send a troop to run to the computer terminal, break into there, hack it, and then start blowing everybody up. So it was badass. <laughs> that's awesome. A lot of dead bodies, let's put it that way. Very cool. And that's that's one of the great things with you know like these skirmish games like Nick or Monday is you can just sign it, make these crazy scenarios um, to do kind of whatever you want. Yeah. It's what's neat too about it is you know it's fast paced and you can really get moving along with even long story missions like the things we did. Um, you know we can either play kind of like a you know beer and, and pretzels kind of hey after work let's knock out a, a quick fight, mm. or you can really like sit down and write a story themed out and and do all this nonsense we did and spend three days doing it. Mm. Um, it's just really it gives you a lot of options and it's cool you know with the post and the pre and post. Uh, storytelling of it where you know you're gathering up resources you're you know getting money or do you know getting weapons and things and bulking up your guys and changing stats that's pretty neat um and with the forge world options now you can actually trick out the guys to actually fit what you bought and or what you what you found scrapyard kind of stuff uh, but yeah it's just it's a cool game we're having a lot of fun with it and, and we're getting better at it we're still kind of newbies but uh we're enjoying it and the models are great so go gw for bringing it back and kicking some butt with it how long has your uh, has your campaign been going for Necromunda? Well, so the one we had was that was like the at the hot dogger was kind of like our big finale to it. So now cool. we've just been playing like just odds and end games because we got to a point where our guys were so bulked up and badass that you couldn't possibly use them. Yeah, you know, in yeah. just regular games because they would just kill new guys in in a second kind of deal. <laughs> so we decided, okay, let's just start fresh. Let's you know three days of bulking these guys up. Some of these dudes are invincible at this point. Um, but now, you know, the other thing that we've gotten into recently is Blood Bowl. Um, again, we love these like quick, small, get into them, get out of them kind of games. Uh, and Blood Bowl has been like revitalized here where we've been, we're starting actually our season after Thanksgiving. We're going to do, cool. uh, we have, uh, eight guys, eight coaches here that, uh, are going to start up teams and, uh, we're going to play a round robin schedule. So you're going to play at least seven regular season games. Uh, and then you're gonna, we're gonna have a, a playoff system with some teams making it and others not. And, uh, we have trophies and everything. So. Nice. That's the next, that's the next big hurdle. What is your, <laughs> what is your team of choice for Blood Bowl? Orcs. I love nice. it. Yeah. They're just simple. They're simple tennis. Yeah. You just beat the crap out of everybody yeah. and hope it goes <laughs> well. All right. <laughs> you know, Chuck I, some goblins you know, around, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. We just kind of started, um, and we have, the season hasn't started. We're just playing some, we call them scrimmage games. But, um, you know, I've been banned from using any sort of, of uh, trolls because people don't like when I throw goblins around. Yeah, so right. <laughs> I somehow always get lucky and my goblin always stands up and he's always able to run another 95 feet, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. you know, seven more uh, you know, movement bo- blocks, whatever. And people are like, this is so stupid. Like you're getting 10 extra moves. The guy's always in the end zone waiting. Uh, now, of course, he drops the ball 50% of the time. Right, right. He can't, catch, he can't catch, but <laughs> it's, it's still cool. It's like, yay, look at that little dude. 
so I've been banned from using trolls at the beginning of of, <laughs> of any of the skirmish games, but in the season they're coming in there for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but orcs, I love orcs. You know, they're, again, they're they're simple, but at the same time, when you can create like a blocking cage around a ball handler, dude, good luck. Yeah, you know, yeah. Put a couple black orcs up front and just start kind of muscling your way through. It's just funny, especially when you play like elves or somebody that's really fast and they think they're like so slick dodging out of everything. Right. right. Uh, they run into like that giant steamroller of like six orcs pushing their way through, and it's almost like you can imagine these little cute elves. They're all pretty, their hair's all nice, and they're like pads are all shiny, and these like slithering nasty orcs that stink, <laughs> just like power rushing down the field, and these dudes just bouncing off of them, you know, kind of like uh, you know little flies. So, uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, the work. I liked Skaven for a while. I was gonna mm-hmm. be Skaven for. A, I thought for sure I should be Skaven for this season because I love how nasty the gutter runners are, but uh, I don't have time to get my guys killed and, like, be disappointed. Like, my star player just got murdered, you know, because he's a rat. So, I don't know. I I, I like orcs. They're just easy, simple, and I love painting them, so... Uh, they're fun. Do you guys play? Do you guys do you guys do any Blood Bowl at this point? Uh, in my local group, we don't. I actually, um, I play in a league online, like, with the computer game. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, our last league, I was actually playing Skaven, and I decided to give them a go. And you're right, like, by I got to the, the playoffs, but there were, you know, uh, level five, um, like, <laughs> Chaos Dwarves that just crushed my guys, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's just... Yeah, they're Every they're fast. Every but... kills you. I mean, it's yeah, exactly ridiculous. Armor armor six is is not good. <laughs> no, but no, um... I mean, with orcs, you know, most of the guys have armor nine. Yeah, and then you know, there's buffs and things you can get eventually and whatnot. But you know, with armor nine, I mean, you're pretty much rolling. You gotta roll, you know, box cars or close to it just to even get into the the damage chart. And it's like that. So a lot of times I like it because it just mentally beats down your opponent. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, finally I got a knockdown. It's like, oh, I did nothing again. Right. You so know, they get the occasional stun and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that about them. And, you know, it's always cool with, with um, you know, when you have the orcs and you have like, of course, the, you know, they're throwing down three dice if you got your black orc doing his magic the right way. Uh, that's devastating for some teams because their guys just instantly get killed. Yeah. They're, they're gone. They're out of there. So it, it's definitely pretty cool. But. Now, are you guys um, in with Blood Bowl? One of the things from the newest edition was the special play cards. Are you guys using those in your games at all? Or yeah, so what we did, we we've kind of taken out the really cheesy ones mm. that are really broken. Um, and, and there's not many, you know, there's just a few that we've kind of pulled that guys get a little kind of like, dude, that's unfair. Uh, but for the season, it's going to be all no holds barred. Nice. What you get, what you get. I mean, we even have we bought all the decks at this point. Oh, we cool! Have, so you get everything. Yeah, we got all the special characters. We got everything. So people can hire anybody that's allowed for their team. We're doing all the crazy cards. We're doing bribing coaches or uh, bribing refs. We got cheerleaders. We're going full on. Like if you can awesome. afford it and that's your strategy, go at it. If you want to play simpleton style and just smash mouth things uh, and put your money in more guys, go that route. It's We're going to leave it open to every uh, coach. That way – we can kind of see the true experience because we've never run a league yet, mm. and we want to get a full like on experience of what happens if we run one of these leagues uh, with everything Blood Bowl allows you to do. Um, but yeah, I mean we're excited to just do it because it's something like okay, they put all this time redoing the game because how long was it for Blood Bowl from when they kind of released it? To where they re-released it. it had to be at least ten years, right? Yeah, that last box set was a long time ago. There was a uh, there was a you know a living rule book online that was sort of unofficial. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it was a long time between box sets, and they and they really did a, a superb job with with the new box set and teams. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think you know, and I think you can agree with me. When I was still doing 40k, and I was a and I was a host, GW was not open to talking yeah. to anybody. Right, we were we were in the era, and I'm I'm kind of happy for you guys because you're in an era where they're so transparent and they're so friendly and they're so open and they're so willing to send you guys early releases and and give you guys information. It's it's what GW is the GW we all wanted, uh, especially when I was hosting. It was the GW I wanted to work with, and I would have loved to be part of and 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 help influence the communities and the gaming world. But they just weren't like that. They were a very different company. Yeah. And that wasn't that long ago. That was like maybe four years ago, right? Right. right. Um, and it was hard to, to understand why you know people would be pouring all their hard-earned money, time, effort into creating rules for, let's say, Blood Bowl or keeping the live rulebook growing and making it competitive. And there was people running tournaments. And um, I mean, heck, we were we were given prize support to these self-run Blood Bowl leagues for years that had no support from from Games Workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, and these guys were just dedicated because they loved the game and they loved the concept and the world and the fluff. And um, to see what GW was able to take from all that people's feedback and then turn it into what they did nowadays where you have this great rule book, you have the almanac, which is packed with cool stuff. Uh, I love the history, like all the crazy teams they had. Yeah. And, and they even have comic <laughs> books. I don't know if people know, but they have the graphic novel novels they can get on Amazon. Um, there's, like, I think, four of them. Uh, I have two of them, but I think there's I think there's four. I might get the other ones, but uh, there's like stories, you know, Blood Bowl stories that are you know visually cool to look at, and uh, it's just a different world, man, and it's really neat because I think it's like GW's like realized, man, hey, you know, if we keep kind of taking the old poopy on our guys that buy all our stuff and do all this work, they're gonna go somewhere else, you know, and yeah, and now everybody's coming back to GW like you know running to them because they're doing it right. And and it's you know it, it, like you're saying it definitely is a it's a different world now. I mean, not only are they bringing these games back like Blood Bowl, Necromunda, Titanicus, but they're actually it's not just a box set and a quick grab. They're keep supporting these games. Yeah, you know more, it, more teams, more titans, more gangs, all that stuff. Yeah, and it's smart the way to do it. You know, I think and and I'm, I'll be honest with you, I feel like I remember. Reading on our forums back in the day, and 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 hearing from interviewees and different things, where they would say what GW is doing now. This was a lot of the things that people would say. Hey, GW, why don't you release the core game through your through your plastic division, put the books out through your book division, and then supply all the additional items to your Forge World division. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, that's a pretty genius model. If they did that, that would I could see that benefiting them and without having a lot of exposure. And you look at it now, and that's exactly the model they use. And it's genius because how much does it cost them to make one sprue of basic guys? Not very much because they're right. going to sell to cover that tooling right away. And then you have, of course, all the support from Forge World. If people don't like, I don't know, a Goliath Gang option weapon set one, well, they don't have to buy it. And what are you out? A couple molds? Um, you're not a bunch of yeah. tooling. You're not a bunch of stuff. But if it goes gangbusters, well, shoot. You just keep Forge Rolling it up, and, and it's going to work out great. So really smart moves on their part, and I think they're hitting on all cylinders finally, and and I commend them on it to be honest. Yeah, they're definitely hitting it out of the park. I mean, like you were saying, you know, I've seen a lot of people come back, so to say, to GW, especially with Eighth uh, Edition 40K. You yeah, know, we've have have you had a chance to try Eighth Edition at all? 
I have, you know, the thing about me for 40K is, like I said, I played a lot of 30K, and I had kind of fallen out of 40K mm-hmm. um, a couple editions back. And it wasn't for any particular re- reason, I'll be honest. I think it was just time. I was I was just not able to invest as much time as I wanted in the game. Um, I was really big in 5th edition. 4th uh, edition, I, I, I came into the game in 4th edition, so I didn't know anything prior to that. Yeah. Uh, I was literally coming in as they were releasing the fourth edition rule book um that's that was literally the first book i ever bought from games workshop uh 40k related so i bought that book and i thought wow this is pretty cool this is well done and i if you remember i think apocalypse released right after that yeah and that was like wow this is so cool so now i was really invested because i was going for the big stuff uh and then fifth edition obviously and so on and so forth i kind of started trickling down away from it and got into 30k and the newer editions of 40k i just haven't gotten back around to it and i think honestly it's just age you know i'm i'm twice as old as i was when i started <laughs> i'm 42 now almost where i was 30 when i first got into the hobby so for me it's just as time has gotten shorter throughout the days for gaming and fun stuff i have to just naturally transition to these other games because oh, they're yeah. quick fixes yeah um but you know, again, I still have my 30k stuff. I'm still gonna keep buying it. It's it's just yeah. like I wish I could stop. <laughs> if you uh, once you guys finish your Blood Bowl League, if you uh, maybe give Kill Team a look, it's it's sort of like yeah. a skirmish level 40k. It, we've been having a lot of fun with it uh, around here locally, anyway. And it, it's like you're saying, it scratches that 40k itch without having yeah. to set up a whole 2,000 point army and you know lock down for two and a half hours. So. Right. So let me ask you on Kill Team because I, I have the books. I've, of course, I buy everything, right? <laughs> so I have the books and everything. I just haven't perused it. How how many models are you bringing in? You know, let's say I have an orc army, right? Sure. How many models am I bringing into a fight, for instance? Well, so it the the points are pretty close to your forty k points. Um, okay. They adjust like the. You can have some specialists which can have special weapons, so they adjust those points a little bit. But okay. I would like. I, I, I'm playing Death Watch, and I have between five and six guys. Oh. You know? so, and that, but that's, they're expensive, right? Death Watch is going to be expensive. Yeah, that's, that's, that's 100 points is between okay. five and six guys. Orcs, uh, depending on how you build it, you know, you could probably get up maybe to 15, 16 orcs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So like a Mega Knob or maybe some some larger guys and then mechs or whatever and then a bunch of, bunch of just boys. So you're actually uh, in in kill team. You're pretty limited on what you can get. Um, oh. As far as different troop types, like you can give guys special weapons and stuff. But and I'm not 100 percent on orcs. But like there's it's sort of like the old uh, kill team games where it's like you know no two plus saves things of that nature. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so those big guys aren't going to work. Yeah. So you you do like Ludas and those kind of guys. They they would be more in line with what you're looking at. Uh, yeah. Potentially, yes. So it's going to be okay. like just basic troop guys, maybe a couple elite guys. Like uh-huh. um, like space marines can take, you know, tactical marines with a few different special weapons, or you can take some um, some of the Primaris guys. And mm-hmm. they did do that commanders expansion, which lets you actually take, you know, like a librarian or a commander that doubles the game points to two hundred points. When oh. you, they have specific missions that you use with commanders, and it doubles it to 200 points. And, like, a, a Death Watch, you know, commander is, like, 130 points. So that's a huge chunk of points, but it's one really tough guy. But when you play a commander mission, if you're using one of the ones from the book, you know, it kind of says, like, well, both players should be using commanders in order to sort of balance it out. Okay. Yeah. Wow. 
That's pretty cool. And that's uh, obviously that's just kind of recent that they've come out. Does it look like GW is going to continue supporting Kill Team in this constant like release for it, or do you think they're going to kind of go back to 40k big releases? I think you know they still have a few more armies for 40k to get out to, to sort of catch up, right? They've uh-huh. got a they got still have Gene Stealer Cult, um, and then the sisters new sisters army is supposed to be next year, right? Okay. So they're still going to be doing their 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 big releases. And there, there's uh, rumors of like a corn and Slanesh book, so they're still doing all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think, you know, when they first did Kill Team, there was a big rush of releases, right? They did all those terrain kits, all the commanders. I think they'll still support it, and they've said they want to support it. Um, they just probably slowed down a little bit, you know. Got it, got it. Well, that's kind of cool. What, what? So you know the rumors better than I do. Um, I'm like hunker down in right now big sale mode for the holidays. But what is like the next big drop? I know uh, what's that new the new box game they just put out Shadow whatever it is the what's that one Black Shadow? I want to say it's just, oh uh, it's, Black Fortress or uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, it's coming out like next week. Yeah, it comes out whatever. this this weekend. Yep, yeah. So that's kind of like the next box game but is there like something else is there like a big army release are they doing something crazy and new that you guys have heard of um we haven't the our newest the last thing we heard of is the blackstone fortress which is that what we were talking about that's coming out this this week this week um, now they've you know they've been trickling out rumors of they've been releasing images of like slanesh and corn stuff so mm. i think from what we understand, and again, you know, this isn't confirmed or anything, but it's going to be right. like a simultaneous Age of Sigmar 40K, you know, release. Ah, because it's going to be chaos stuff, so it can go both ways. Yeah, and then hopefully, I mean, you know, we're hoping to see a new, like, Noise Marine kit for the uh, for the Slash Marines. Right. So, because those are, those are some pretty old old models, um, and maybe yeah. some new Corn Berserkers and stuff, but... Well, that's pretty cool, yeah, because it, it's, I mean, anytime they do, I feel like the one thing GW has ironed out to, to like, its fullest is they know how to do chaos yeah. so well, right? Anytime chaos gets anything new, it's always done so good. Um, what was the uh, Thousand Suns they did, right? That was the yeah. last chaos, kind of like a full army revamp, and those guys look friggin' awesome. Yep, they did. They did the Thousand Suns, and then the, when they released Eighth Edition, it was all the Nurgle stuff, all the right. And then, of course, yeah, I'm sorry, the yeah. Nurgle stuff, yeah, which is yes. obviously the Pestilence and all that cool stuff. But yeah, I mean, talk about like redoing it the right way across the board from everything from your basic troops to like your special characters. So badass. And a lot of players are were happy too because there was rumors flying around that they were going to get rid of Slanesh because it's you know it's the seduction whole thing. But, right. Yeah, but they, you know, but they're still. I mean, they're they're keeping it around. The uh, yeah. if, if you saw the preview pictures of the models, they definitely have eight boobs. So right, they're not shying away. Like, I just feel like in today's world, if I'm going to go hobby and game, I'm trying to escape the stupidity of the world. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I don't want to be politically correct if I'm killing little toy soldiers. <laughs> I, I want the complete. I want it to be totally like politically incorrect. Because it makes me feel like I'm at least not thinking about the nonsense in the real world. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah but the more titties, the better, I guess. My 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 tit snake should have at least eight tits on yeah, it. Exactly, it's not doing. It's not a good enough tit snake. <laughs> six is, six uh, isn't enough. Nine is too many. Eight's I know that's right. I mean, somebody's everything's got to get suckled, or it's no good. 
So, <laughs> well. but that's pretty awesome, man. Um, yeah, so that's all we've been doing over here at Battle Foam. Uh, I'll be honest with you, we've been we've been we've been gaming. We've been trying to uh, keep up with everything because again, the releases are coming out so fast. Yeah. That we really have to be on the game um, with with stuff constantly available for storage uh, things, and uh, you know it keeps us on, us on our toes. I, I, when GW does good, we do good. It's that simple. And um, I mean, I, you know, I get your I get your emails, so you know something new comes out, yeah. and then within like a week or two, I got you know the email from Battlefield saying, "Hey, the storage streets for this are available." Right. Which is awesome. Yeah, no, you know, it's it's what's really cool is, and I again, I I gotta commend GW on on one thing they've done really well is I think they they took down like the judge gavel of everybody's our enemy and they're trying to take advantage of us and they went and said, look, if we just worry about keeping everybody happy and just minding our own business and doing good models and good rules and just caring about what people think of us as a company, um, the naysayers will go away on their own and only the fans will remain. And I think when they stopped doing some of the silly, nasty things to the community, they really started benefiting. And I think they realized that. Yeah. And and we've seen it on our end as manufacturers. And I, I don't know how many other manufacturers there are. Uh, don't get me wrong. We obviously uh, completely and totally respect their IPs and would never do anything to, to frown on those. But at the same time, they're so much more welcoming to things like us being able to make storage for their stuff and, and for their communities and not really hassle us, you know, uh, which is nice. I mean, I think it's kind of one of those things. Let everybody be successful together instead of be enemies and unsuccessful together, um, which is huge. And it's helped us, a, you know, like you said, you get an email a week after something comes out. Um, and that's because we're really able to, to cater to what people are asking for without having to really be scared to death. Like, oh, my God, if we make this storage, is GW going to get upset at us? Um, what do we do to make sure they're not upset? And it's like now that everybody's cool and everybody's nice, it really works for everybody in the community all around. So it's very, very appreciated all around. And I mean, and you know, you guys definitely have it on, on lockdown. I mean – it's you know for you people out there that don't use Battlefoam, which you should. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have more Battlefoam than I know what to do with. Um, <laughs> but you know, you guys not only for models that come out, you have custom foam trays, but also the box games that come out. You guys do trays that you know it fits right in the box of the game and keeps all the nice miniatures protected. Not just DW, but you know you guys do this for a bunch of other games too. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we do it across the board, and, and we're always looking for new companies and new projects and things like that because, you know, we feel that, you know, we're the type of business that our goal is to, to keep your investment safe, right? So people invest in all kinds of things in the in the hobby world, in the, in the gaming world, and, um, you know, we're really here to make sure that you guys don't throw away your hard-earned money. Um, you know, our stuff, when we design it, we really do take the time to think about, okay, if this person goes from point A to point B, how's he going to get there? You know, is he walking? Is he biking? Is he in a car? Is he in a train? What's he doing with this, with this gear? And what's the easiest way to transport it so it's not cumbersome? And then what's the safest way to transport it so that at the end of the journey, your, your stuff gets there okay? Um, or it's just, you know, storage for the house so the wife doesn't, you know, rip your, you know, what's off because, you got minis all over the basement floor. Uh, it's simple as that. So for us, it's, it means a lot when we can keep up with what's coming out and people are happy with what's coming out on our end. 
um, because that means we're kind of doing what the community is asking, similar to what GW did when they kind of did the 180 and really started listening to the crowd. So uh, that's pretty exciting things for us, and that, that's kind of what gets us up in the morning, is just knowing everybody's kind of happy, if you will. And and uh, what I like about Battlefoam, you know, is that you guys have the different, we'll say, sort of tiers of cases, right? Like, right, you have, you have the the softer side cases. Uh, you guys can go online and watch uh, some of the cases, like the black hill ones, get driven over by a truck and still be perfectly yeah. fine. <laughs> so you know, whatever sort of budget you have for storing your your army, you guys have a solution that fits that. Yeah, and you know, I think what's interesting about our business, right? We are not really something that's sexy, right? Our, our gear is, is a solution to keep safe the things that are sexy, right? Models are sexy. Rules are cool and sexy. Uh, painted miniatures are the sexiest. Um, that's what people get into this hobby for. It's not because they want a really cool backpack, right, you know? Right. It's like, like, you know, so I mean, I know, like, I, I'm, I'm aware enough of what I do for a living and what our company does for a living that I understand that I have to try to make it as cool as I can considering we sell little square boxes that go into <laughs> other boxes, right? So there, no one here believes that we're like inventing this amazing thing that people can't live without. Right, right. Um, but at the same time, I really feel that uh, we try our very best to make it as cool as it can be. And if we can at least supply solid, rugged products that then become afterthoughts after you've invested in them, that's actually a good thing because if you're not worried about your transportation and you're not worried if things are going to get there safe, that means we're doing our jobs. If every day you put your stuff in a whatever container that isn't battle foam and you're like, shit, am I going to make it without smashing these awesome painted models? Well, then that's bad on that company and or on that storage solution, right? Yeah. So that's really kind of what makes us tick. And and honestly, we have a lot of cool stuff that we're doing this year. I kind of I'm, – I'm really appreciative for you guys to squeeze me in because – sure. Um, with the first of the year this year, it will be, if you can believe this, dude, our 10-year anniversary. Oh, Battlefield wow. has been around 10 freaking years. Um, if nine years ago you would have said, will you last another year? <laughs> <laughs> I would have probably said to you, is it by choice or by actual financial need? <laughs> right, right. I don't know if I want to do this ever again. <laughs> uh, there were some rough years there, man. Where I was ripping my hair out, but... Uh, you know, over the years, we've become a kind of a well-oiled machine. I think I've grown up, uh, I'm, you know, going on 42, so I'm a lot different than I was when I was 32. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you become a lot more humble as you get old, and that's why <laughs> old people are so wise because they're just – they've already been through, like, the humbling process. Right, right. They, they know how to sit on the front porch and, like, rock back and watch the world go by really fast because <laughs> they were already going really fast. And now it's time to slow it down a bit. Uh, let the young kids fight and you just sit back and, like, lift up the guy that won and hold his hand up, you know? Uh, but that's kind of, like, where I'm at now and where the company's been after 10 years where we just have gotten to the point where, you know, we're really – Focusing on customer service, customer support as much as we can, uh, making sure things are just durable and solid. And uh, for this year, the, the cool thing we're doing for our 10-year anniversary um, is we're going to come up with – well, we've come up with it. We're going to release a customer appreciation program uh, very similar to – I don't know if you guys are familiar with GameStop. I mean, I know you know GameStop is, but if you're familiar with their, their program where – 
if you go to GameStop and you you know you buy things and you have a membership, there's benefits throughout the year. There's mm-hmm. coupons you get. There's um, specials and like an online thing you can uh, go into to get discounts and and uh, extra merch and things. Uh, we're going to release a very similar thing, and all the details are going to be put out uh, on our social media accounts and on our website uh, right after the first. But we're going to have uh, a brand new Battle Foam logo, so we're changing our logo up for the new year. Uh, well, for our new the next ten years of our of our existence, hopefully. Uh, this customer appreciation program that's going to go on for you know the foreseeable future, where people will be able to have a special customer you know that are members of our little appreciation thing. Um, they'll have special days throughout the year where they save on product. So they don't have cool. to wait for these massive sales like Black Friday or Fourth of July or General Baggy's birthday kind of things. They can shop specific times of the year and 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 you know be able to save. Um, they'll have swag and things that we'll be sending to them randomly, like cool merch, keychains, T-shirts, hats, um, just fun little things like that. Just kind of our way of saying a little extra thank you for supporting us and being part of it. And um, you know that's it's that's the little stuff we can do that are to some extent easier to do mm-hmm. uh, than you know kind of revamping the the company in a crazy way that doesn't make sense for gaming so that's exciting and then uh, you know we re- we just did one other really cool thing which I think I is probably my most important thing to put out there is we just started a new division at Battlefoam called Customer Solutions and uh, the Customer Solutions at Battlefoam is actually a, uh, an email address so if you guys ever want to reach out to us Customer solutions at battlefoam.com. What that department and that division will do is we've been training our guys for the last couple months now. They will deal directly with customers on a one-on-one basis to fill out a bag and or create a storage solution without them having to guess by going to the website. So give you an example. You just got into the hobby. You're brand new to the game, right? You have a brand new orc army. Maybe you just bought a starter box set or whatever. Or you bought, you know, a, a, a two-player army starter game kind of thing, and you just get into it. You have no idea where your army is going to go. You don't really know if you're going to like it that much, but you're still wanting to protect this stuff. Well, just reach out to Customer Solutions. You don't have to know a lot about storage. You don't have to know a lot about Battle Foam and or even the game you're playing yet. You fire away the questions, and our team will literally jump in, start asking you questions that are going to help answer what will get you the best solution but most of the most important part is they're going to do all the legwork so they're going to find the best foam trace through our website they're going to find the best case solutions they're going to give you a variety of options based on your budget they're going to you know either be a custom foam uh, tracing your stuff all these different solutions that you don't have to guess and then end up wasting your money on things that don't work perfect Um, and it also will help you get faster through the production process because Orders that go through customer solutions, we're going to have make sure they get bumped so that they're always in a special queue where they go quickly to production side of house. So those are just some of the cool benefits we're going to have for our customers that hopefully people will find to be a, a, a great resource um, as either new customers or old customers that just want something uh, taken care of that they just don't know how to do on their own. So that's awesome. I mean, you know, I've ordered uh, custom stuff before with battle foam and even in back in this was a couple years ago i ordered a whole custom case for my epic stuff and super helpful you know getting figuring out uh how many you know little little spaces could fit in each tray so now that you have a uh, department dedicated to this it's it's only going to get better i can only see it getting better 
Yeah. And, and what's cool is it's, it's instant communication back and forth. So whenever a customer sends something in and they have a question, it's not like four days to get a reply or it's not like a generic crappy reply where it's just like, yeah, hey, go to the website and buy plug foam. Um, it's going to be like a, an intuitive discussion and it's going to be an intuitive answer. And really it comes from, for me, you know, I've, I've been an avid golfer for several years now. Mm. But for me, it's it came to thought to do this from what in golf business they call the custom fitting, where in golf, you know, it, based on what clubs you use, you go to a, a location, a custom fitter will sit down, they'll watch you swing, and they'll do, you know, they'll analyze what your body does and the way you swing the golf club, and then they'll suggest a variety of shafts or clubs or things that match up to the way your body's set up. Very similar to gaming, and if you think about it. Every gamer's got a different army that's specific to the way he plays and has the models that he collects. And that army doesn't always match another guy's army. And it might be literally the same army, right? Um, one guy may not even care what his stuff gets transported in, where another guy, every every model is like his own little personal baby. So having a person custom fit you to your specific need is, I think, such a – cool new thing that i'm fortunately sorry it took 10 years but, <laughs> but it's here you know so we're uh, we're kind of excited to you know it's available now but we're going to really start um promoting it uh this week uh right before our black friday sale so people can take advantage of it during black friday awesome. uh, and then after the sale it's just going to be an ongoing service that we provide to all customers at all times of the year for for their help for their needs that's going to be awesome. I'll probably take advantage of that. Okay, <laughs> um, cool. Now, uh, so as you mentioned, you know, this this week, Thanksgiving, your Black Friday sale, which is has always been, you know, one of your biggest sales of the year. Um, yeah. What can uh, Battle Foam customers expect for the Black Friday sale? Okay, so I got to put on my infomercial for this. So <laughs> it, it is definitely going to be the mega monster. Uh, we're doing everything from 15 to 75% off. Uh, they're literally going to be foam trays on our website for $5. And I don't mean like generic or like crappy trays. Like there's going to be full on battle foam trays for like five bucks. Uh, we really want to get everybody involved in the sale. We've staffed up like crazy. Our warehouse is spick and span ready to ship. Uh, we have a, I mean, literally filled to the gills. We have three, three, skid heights worth of i mean we have 24 foot ceilings in in our battle from warehouse and we have skids three high filled with bags ready to ship nice. so you know and our goal really is to make sure that we can get this stuff out quickly to you guys but because of that we we want to make sure that the sale made sense so you're gonna have custom foam you know 25 percent you have bags up to 50 percent off you're gonna have, like I said, a bunch of different foam trays and, and some clearance items down to 75% off. Um, every single thing in the store will be on sale. It starts Thursday night at midnight. Uh, I'm sorry, it starts at eight o'clock p.m. Pacific. Because we wanted the people on the way East Coast not to be asleep when the sale started, so they don't miss out. Because there is a very specific set of bags that we're doing that are limited quantity. There's only 200 of them that we will ever make, which is the neon. We call it the the nuclear green 720s and the urban spec camo 720s. There's only 200 of these of each color that we're going to do ever. And they're each individually numbered. And they're going to be on our website. As soon as they sell out, they're, that's it. They're never making them again. So you're going to be very unique to if somebody wants these two different bags. Um, we highly recommend getting there early 
So we're starting to sail a little earlier on Thursday night, and then it goes all the way till Sun or I'm sorry, Monday night's end of Cyber Monday at midnight. But awesome. yeah, and it's on both websites. It's on the UK website if you're on the UK side of the house um, or in the EU, and then of course it's on the US side of the house if you're in uh, Canada, Australia, or of course the US or New Zealand. You would go to the US Battlefilm site. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think people are really going to see a huge savings. Uh, we still have the spend 400 bucks, get free shipping. And a lot of people during these sales get over that in like two bags. Oh, yeah, so, no problem. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that'll save you a ton, especially if you're in some of the far off places like Australia. Heck, get together with a group of friends, you know, put, put one address on there, put five, six, seven bags in the order, save on all of them and get that free shipping. You're going to save hundreds of dollars, uh, if you go that route. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. And then there's just some some new things that, uh, you know, new bags that are just releasing right in time for that sale uh, that are going to, you know, have never been done before uh, that I think people will like. And then, of course, things like Speed Freaks, Foam Trays, those are out now already. We're going to have this uh, this new box set that shows up tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have that uh, available for people to store. Uh, so it's really – it's a big sale. Take advantage of it. Starts Thursday night. Goes for five days basically, and um, you know, save and get your stuff protected. You've invested money and time into them. Heck, get some good stuff to put it in. So definitely, I mean, I I always manage to find something to buy on Black Friday. So yeah, right. <laughs> and definitely, like you said, now is the time to do it. Get together with your friends, get that big order in, and save on yeah. on the shipping too with the free shipping. Um, yeah, I'm. My wife takes all my devices away around that time because she says, well, anything we're making from the sale, you're spending on Amazon. So uh, <laughs> let's just go ahead and take any devices in your phone away for most of the evening every night. Uh, so that's – yeah, don't don't fall asleep with your iPad in your hand because that's how you end up spending a lot of money. <laughs> the old, I wonder – you know, you ever wonder – I wonder how many orders come through on Amazon, like between the hours of like wherever time zone you are, between like 9 p.m. and like 11, right? Oh, when yeah. You're crawling the sack. You're chilling. Right. Just you know, do a little shopping. Yeah. You're like, ah, man, you know, I need socks. I need undies. I need glue. <laughs> uh, you know, I need brake pads for my car. Right, right. Whatever. Right. Like literally you can type anything into Amazon and that garbage will show up. Yeah, it's crazy. They're like. Oh, and it's two-day prime. I gotta get it now. <laughs> it's so ne- it's so obnoxious. I love it. <laughs> All right. So before we yeah. let you go, we got yeah. one question for you. Sure. Uh, this is from the request of actually a, a terrace. He oh, wanted me. To, he, he wanted me to ask you, what is the weirdest thing you ever had to do custom foam for? Oh boy! First of all, Terrace, I love that man in a very straight kind of way. So I'll just put it out there. Uh, Terrace is probably one of the. So I got to. I got to. I got to say nice things about him because I love him so much. But he is one of the nicest human beings I have ever met in general in the world, and he's probably one of the coolest dudes you'll ever meet in the hobby industry. So if you haven't met Terrace, look for him when he's at these events because you will be, you will find it to be a good treat for everyone. Uh, I mean, he, and he, he looks. <laughs> he, he has like the best job ever, right? I'm gonna go to convention. Right? I'm gonna bring people to conventions, and uh, that's yes. all I do. Yeah. Now, what's going on with his hair? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've been rallying him up about this for a while, but I don't know what he's got going on with that do. Um, I might have to cut his hair forcefully if I see him <laughs> soon, because it has gotten to an obnoxious length at this point. Just get a, and, get a few drinks in him and just sneak up behind him with some scissors. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, 
what was the question? I don't even know what you asked. Oh, it was, uh, what is the, what is the strangest thing somebody's had you do custom foam for? Oh Lord. Oh God. I, this, is this PG or is this, what kind of show do you have? Um, disclaimer, <laughs> this could, this could be bad. Go for okay. it. <laughs> disclaimer. I will not be graphic, but I will tell you that we did have a, a young female reach out to us to create a case protection that protected her glass uh, female massagers. That's there probably a, All right. the easiest way to call it, right? That's not graphic. So, yeah, it was a case to transport those devices, but they were all made of glass or crystal. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't even touch that any further where it's going to get awkward. So I will tell you, though, that is probably the weirdest. And I don't even know if I ever told Terrace that story, but that was years ago that we did that. And uh, it still stings to this day. <laughs> well, still, uh, there you go, Terrace. Me out. <laughs> There's your answer, Terrace. Uh, there you hope. go, Terrace. God bless you. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. guys, uh, head over to battlefoam.com. That's all your storage needs for anything you need. I like Romeo was saying, we'll even work with you to get custom cases. So whatever you need, whatever kind of minis or really anything you need to store, Romeo's the man to help you do it. Whether awesome. it's fe- uh, finely painted miniatures or glass massagers. He, he can help <laughs> yeah. Oh, God bless you. Thank <laughs> you so much, guys, for having me on. It was a blast. I, I really love what you guys are doing. I'm glad you're holding the torch high and, and uh, commend all the work you put in. I know how hard you work uh, and, and what you got, what it takes to do the show. Uh, I know how hard Terrace works and what he's done with the network. Uh, so for all you guys, a uh, lot of appreciation from Battle Foam, of course. And I wish you guys nothing but luck in the new year. And you're always friends, so you always get a friend uh, discount. Just reach out and let me know. And for everybody out there, you're also getting a friend discount this weekend. So, so take advantage. Save while you can. Awesome. Thank you so much, Romeo. All right, buddy. Take care, man. You too. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhist Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhist Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhas Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies.